Aerosmith three weeks. Welcome to the music track presented by the soundboard. Here's your commissioner, Moose. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 12, season one. Top soundtrack tunes. Like all good things, there must be an end in sight. And this episode is closing out the soundboard's very first season. And let's not forget, wherever you're listening to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, feel free to leave comments on Instagram at The Music Draft. We always enjoy your feedback, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. It's always fun to hear from all of you, your thoughts, as you go through this musical journey uh, with all of you. you know, thanks for being along for the ride. We hope you've enjoyed our conversations, our musical picks, um, and we hope you enjoy where we're going with today. So look, man, we're closing out our first season with a look at songs from movies and soundtracks. Uh, it's been a ton of fun this season, boys. You know, a lot of laughs, a lot of great convos about music. So this is kind of our last hurrah for the season, right? So let's have some fun. Let's discuss some movies, some great scenes, and some great songs that go with those movies. Um, and I'll also just say this. Due to my own self-imposed rule, and I'm not taking Prince, which I think I have professed my love for everything that is purple in Prince. So when I die and I meet Prince, if Dave Chappelle and Charlie Murphy taught us anything, is that dude's going to serve me pancakes and I'm going to play basketball with him because I've already taken Prince. You gentlemen want to play a game of basketball. <laughs> uh, well said. I like that. So look, let's go around the room. Uh, the first pick after me, I'll go last. I believe it goes to Stu. Stu, why don't we start with you, man? What are you thinking about movie songs, bro? Here we are. Obviously, this is a great topic um, for all of us. Uh, you know, combining movies with with music, it's it's something that we all love. We, we we all have that passion for for you know going down memory lane and seeing and, and just remembering where we were for certain movies and, and of course music. And then when you combine the two, it just is even more powerful. Um, so I, I'm super pumped on this episode and, you know, music in my opinion can break that fourth wall. If the actor turns on a jukebox or turns on a car radio or turns on a, just a, a normal radio or goes to a concert and hears a live show and you're hearing the song at the real time as the actor. And so you're kind of part of it. And I love that aspect of bringing in the audience to the, to the scene. Um, so I think all of our picks, we're going to have, we're going to have some of those flow, flowing around, uh, you know, a bit. And, you know, to give a shout out to, to a couple songs that I can't pick because of uh, our, our crazy rules. I mean, easily I would have gone days of confused, sweet emotion with Aerosmith. Um, I mean, what a killer start to that movie. Um, I don't think of that song as an Aerosmith song. I think of that song as the opening to Days of Confused. See, when they're pulling so, into the parking lot in the high school, it, and you it's just, just so killer. Song, it's the last day of school. Aerosmith, yeah. three weeks. Yep. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It's like some of these songs are so powerful with the scene now is that you don't associate them with the band. You associate with the scene and the actors yeah. and the movie. So that's a great call. I really, yeah. I really yep. dig that, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing everyone's picks. I mean, it's going to be a battle, so we'll see what happens. All right, Rich, um, what's up, man? What are you thinking, bro? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm really anxious for this draft. I think it's it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of fun. Um, I think we can all say we've got uh, a ton of songs in the bullpen uh, because I have a feeling we're going we're gonna to need to change strategies at some point. Uh, oh, yeah. Us. I mean, movies and music go together. They're Lennon McCartney, right? They're, they're Mick and Keith. Shout out to Keith Richards. Happy 77th birthday. 
Still today. alive, man. Holy shit. Years old. Still alive. Drink, I'm drinking Jack Daniels today for him, buddy. Yep. Cheers, much Keith. Res much respect for the original Riffmaster. So, you know, music, music brings films to new heights. Kind of that's what I'm really thinking about. I mean, we've all had those moments where a song starts playing and you think to yourself, you know, that it's taking this, the emotion that the director is trying to make, it takes it to, you know, a good song, good song placement can take um, the, the movie to the next level. Um, and that's really kind of what I was going for, you know, great songs. Yeah. But uh, more importantly, did they enhance, you know, and add to the film, you know, that they were in rather than kind of just to fill space or to fill some sort of like nostalgia. Right. Um, so going back and remembering all those moments when, when, even when we were kids or, through college. I mean, you know, that was a lot of fun. So, you know, I think this is, I think this draft is going to be a blast to be honest. Boris, what's up, man? What are you thinking, bud? Yeah, good stuff. I mean, as you guys know, movies uh, are near and dear to my heart, uh, right in line with, with music. So this is, this is a great draft. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I, I started with my favorite directors, you know, people that I've looked up to and, uh, loved their movies over the years and that that kind of started me and then and then there were definitely a few that that jumped in there uh like rich said you know i looked for for scenes uh where the music like just really complements or enhances the scene or just just becomes the, like like Stuart said where they just become tied together look it, it's right music and movies go hand in hand together you listen to a certain song you can immediately think of that scene. Oftentimes the songs that I'm picking, I think of certain scenes. I don't think of anything else. So with that Man. said, what you got? I am, I am so going, nervous. I what's going to be coming my way. With that being said, I am going to start this podcast and this draft with exactly that in mind with Stu with the first song that I'm going to take. And so as I start this draft, I am going to take a song that is, I think the most iconic scene with a song that is being played while the actors and actresses are like living it in that real time in that real moment is happening right it's total goosebump scene like gets me every time i love it um i think it's classic so and i'm also giving love to one of my favorite directors now what decade 2000 the year is 2000 my bastard <laughs> so i will say that He's probably one of my favorite directors. I don't think he's the best director, but he did direct <laughs> Pearl Jam 20. Um, he did direct Fast Times, or he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He wrote singles. He directed singles. Uh, didn't oh. say anything. So for me, I got to give love to a man that I think does a tremendous job with music and movies, and that is Cameron Crowe. And for me, I think when I watch Almost Famous in 2000, and when I watch the scene where Russell is on his acid bender with a bunch of high school kids after the argument over the t-shirt and he's all messed up and the enemy, you know, Cameron Coe's character is trying to keep him alive. He, the, the night ends, they get to Doris and the bus, the band's all pissed off. Everyone's all fired up at each other. And then all you hear out of the blue is just a little Elton John. And all you hear is tiny dancer. And the next thing you know, it's just like this remarkable sing-along moment where it just starts with the drummer starts like air drumming a little bit. Then the bass player starts kind of singing along. And then next thing you know, Russell starts singing. Then Jason Lee's character. Starts, and then next thing the whole bus just erupts into this moment that I just think is tremendous. Oh, 
Yeah, so Moose, absolutely. Perfect number one pick. That scene gives me goosebumps thinking about it. It's it's a rock and roll band going through dysfunctional lifestyle of partying and benders and pretty much on their break of, of ending. And then they somehow the scene doesn't even kick in as a song part of the bus. It's you think it's just one of those songs that's in the movie. And then when it twists and turns and they you realize that they're hearing it as well. And then they start singing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's Who doesn't start seeing, singing it anywhere watching it? And, yeah, that's and a great it, point. <laughs> that's a great point. Just, You're right. Yeah. And How he, can you not sing it, along with that song? It's <laughs> tremendous. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard. And and it's just phenomenal moment. Moose, you are a golden god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that was, <laughs> that was my number one pick for a variety of different reasons. Um, a, it... It's a chronicle of my favorite era of rock and roll, right? Early 70s band. The soundtrack is the soundtrack outside of Tiny Dancer is fantastic, right? Agreed. Um, yeah. And I almost you know, went Fever Dog. <laughs> yeah. Is that the song they played live on stage? Yeah, that's the song yeah. they yeah. played live. You know, and so the that's other thing, the other reason, the other reason I love that we Ellen John owned the 70s and he has not been drafted yet. Yeah, you know I know. I, mean? and, I know. And, I know. Um, both commercially and artistically, right? So fantastic pick. That scene could have very easily have been corny, right? A bunch yep. of guys singing along yep. in a bus, but it's not. It really kind of ties the movie together, right? The the song has a point in the movie. It uh, really kind of showed the community. It's a character. The song yeah. and the, the character. And a rock band is like a family. You know what I mean? They they, they hate yeah. each other for a couple minutes and then all of a sudden it takes one little thing and then everybody is back together again. And yeah. and that song did it. And it's just, you know, perfect pick. My number one pick. So Great job. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, not, all, not your number one pick. It's, it's Moose's number one pick. It's all it's all happening. I mean, uh, I love that scene. And uh, I mean, you you guys know that I I'm I'm a huge fan of the of the Ringer. Although I don't know if the Ringer did it, but there was just a podcast um, uh, chronicling like a twenty year. I, I think it's yeah. It's all about almost famous, and they they interview Cameron Crowe and the. And like all the actors and yeah, it, it was amazing to kind of relive it. And um, I, I've always loved that movie, but like yeah, that, that gave it. me a kind of a newfound respect for it. Glad it's on there. Glad we could get Ellen John on, on there. Stu, I got to tell you, I, I am very intrigued. I'm intrigued by all your number one picks now. I think I, I don't know where any of you are going. I really don't. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of steals. I got more in the reserve tank than ever before. Cause I ain't picking again for seven more. So I'm a little concerned. Stu, what's up, man. What do you got for number two? Yeah. Okay. So similar to that scene where, you know, you, you kind of feel like you're part of the actual shoot, you know, the acting, you know, you're, you're the audience is there and you're witnessing the same thing at the same time. I'm going along with that same concept, but you know, I switched my orders around. So I think Maddie was telling me the other day, he, he doesn't go his favorites to his, you know, to the least favorite. It just, it's strategy. So I'm, I'm strictly oh, yeah. doing my picks on strategy. Yes. This and, is a strategy. Uh, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, tip, I tip my hand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save some of my, uh, even major iconic worldly movies for maybe later on. But so, so for this one, for my first round pick, I'm going to go to the nineties. We're going to go 1994. This is our high school years, as you guys all know. 
And I remember multiple people talking about it before I was able to see it. And I just was so jealous, essentially, right? Um, and there's just an enormous buzz about it. But I'm going, uh, I'm going with one of the best. I'm going Quentin Tarantino. We're going oh, man. Nice. And nice. there's a lot of scenes to go from. Nice. Um, but the one that really stood out for me was definitely when Travolta takes Uma Thurman, uh, Th- uh, Thurman and we all know Travolta ends up doing his heroin. Yeah. And takes Mia Wallace out to dinner and bosses orders. And I mean, he takes her to a restaurant called Jack Roberts, Roberts, Rabbit Slims. Jack Rabbit I mean, Slims. Jack Rabbit Slims. How cool of a name is that? And you got Steve Buscemi as Buddy Holly as their waiter. Oh, and I man. just love that. Um, you know, and then, and then Mia Wallace goes in, does her cocaine. And so they're both just going balls out mental <laughs> hitting the wall blasted and neither of them the, know they're blasted they don't and they're neither, so blasted neither have any idea and the next thing you know is that mia wallace wants to go on stage and dance and we don't know what's happening we're going wow this is this is going live and travolta doesn't know what's happening and you just you're going with them like on this journey you're like oh my god we're about to go on this dance at this restaurant and out of nowhere you got That's chuck berry coming chuck on berry you never can tell and it's just one of the coolest scenes and the dancing is phenomenal the dancing's so smooth they look so good of course they win the prize but uh yeah let's uh let's give a little love of how this sounded I, I will just say I'll just say very quickly that movie was played relentlessly when I when I bought it. I saw it in the theater multiple times. Uh, I bought oh, it. You're the, you were one of the lucky ones then. Uh, I saw it with my brother, and then I went back and saw it with like friends of mine the next night. I saw it like two nights in a row. Yeah, the movie the movie floored me. Um, the soundtrack was tremendous. Even the the just the weirdness of it, like the song "Flowers on the Wall" when Bruce Willis runs into totally. Bing Dreams care, like just these weird ass songs that like. Like, where are they coming from? But they fit so perfectly. That's like Quentin Tarantino is like Cameron Crowe with his ability to just find these songs to fit with these movies. Uh, It's why I took Reservoir Dogs with album artwork. So, (laughs) but it's great. But there's something about Quentin Tarantino, though. Like, Tiny Dancer is is a classic in its own right. Quentin Tarantino pick songs weren't necessarily classics, but they fit the movie so perfectly. Totally. And I can't, I cannot think of that scene without that song. I can't think of that. And when I hear that song, I can't think, I can't not think of the movie, yeah. right? It, they, they, they go together perfectly. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know the behind the scenes stuff with Quentin Tarantino, but it seems like he just changed, he kind of changed the game. Uh, Big time. You know, totally. He, he, I mean, he wrote, he wrote True Romance, right? Yep. I love. Of course. And then, Great movie. And then Reservoir Dogs. And then, and then that came, I mean, it was just so different at the time. Tremendous. And so original. Yeah. I think I, the, the other song on that that I, that I love is uh, I think Urge Overkill does does a version of You'll Be a Woman Soon on that. Mm-hmm. That is totally awesome too. And yep. su- such an original movie, such an original song. Song is perfectly placed in that scene. And, and I, I know Maddie has, loves it. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that was clearly, you, yes, that was 100% on my list. I mean, Reservoir Dogs on my list and then that was gone and then Pulp was on my list. But uh, yeah, for album covers. Yeah. But just yeah, for album covers from nineteen from the nineties, right? Um, from a from a song from a song hey, from the seventies. Hey, loopholes, 
but um no but 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 just just like with music i think that was a great point rich where it's like these these tracks like stuck in the middle with you or or whatever that you know Mm. all of a sudden have a new life he did that with travolta i mean oh he brought his career back countless other actors like like he he's incredible at just finding the exact way to fit that song or actor or dialogue totally he's 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 a genius and uh and we i'm not gonna say it out loud but we all know there's a there's a giant song that travolta was also in another movie that may be brought up later on but we'll find out I, time will tell. got a couple man it's the beginning <laughs> of stewart's favorite favorite genre of music okay. the start of it all right, Rich, what's up, man? You're next, dude. If I were right. following a tiny dancer um, in Pulp Fiction. Okay, my next pick, uh, you know, my pick, this song was nominated for an Academy Award for the best original song um, in 1999, and it lost to You'll Be In My Heart from the Disney movie Tarzan. <laughs> my jam. <laughs> Shout out to Phil Collins. Oh, my God. Oh, it's just Phil Collins never gets old. He just keeps showing up, man. I love Phil. I love that movie. I love you. So when this when this artist performs this song live, they refer they refer to the song as the song the song that lost an Oscar to Phil Collins and his cartoon monkey love song. Oh my God! I can't wait to find out what this is. Uh, oh, I know exactly. I think I know exactly what it is. I think I know what it is. This this movie. It's such a complex movie. It's oh, yeah. but it's brilliant. Um, I would say it, it's hard to kind of describe, but I would say it's basically multiple storylines come together, and it implies kind of like the idea that there's forces greater than chance, right? That play an important role. All these kind of things that seem like coincidence aren't really coincidence. Um, it's just a brilliant movie. Now, the song I'm picking uh, this this artist wrote the entire soundtrack, and you know. It really kind of is, this song is kind of a description of all their mental states, I think, more than anything else. Um, I love this movie. I love this artist. Um, I love the director. Um, it's from Paul Thomas Anderson. The film is Magnolia. And the song I'm picking is called Save Me from uh, Amy Mann. Yes. Anybody who knows, it's a slower song, but anybody who knows that, you know, the song fits in the movie perfectly. Oh, yeah. Magnolia's great. P.T. Anderson is a legend. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Such a legend. Magnolia uh, is an amazing movie. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny. It's, it's one of... It's kind of like one of his lesser... It, it's just like a middle ground movie for him, you know? He made, he made Boogie Nights, which was a hugely critical awesome. success, but... Magnolia was long and expensive and not a box office hit. And, but I fucking love it. I mean, it, it's just Me talk too. about bringing, like talk about seeing Tom Cruise in a way you've never seen him before. Yeah. He was awesome in that movie. Yeah. I mean, John C. Riley's great in it. I mean, it's a great, yeah. I love how he uses the same people and um, yeah. And then he's gone on to have Johnny Greenwood do his scores. Like, yeah. Oh Yeah. No, that's a great pick, Rich. Um, I'm a big fan of, of P.T. Anderson. Uh, he's done so much good work. And yeah, Magnolia, like M- Matt said, it wasn't on everyone's radar as like a super movie. But I thought that was, I remember it coming out. And Matt, I think you and I watched it together. 
or at least we owned it and we've watched it multiple times together oh, um, when we lived together. But my God, that scene is so good. And the, and the song is so good, but let's not forget it did lose to Phil Collins. <laughs> that, and I'm not going to lie. That is part of the reason. <laughs> oh, <I'm sure. laughs> That's a tremendous moment. I, I just, I kind of want to find, you know, the moment when that happened and just see if we can find some faces going, what we lost to Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> all right um look i i put it to like this i knew one of you would draft magnolia and i knew i would say this once it was drafted uh all right forrest you're up because i've seen the movie once i didn't really care for it i knew one of you would draft it i got nothing to say i'm probably one of the few people that didn't really care for it that much um i understand its greatness everybody loves it it's rave reviews um, no, it's actually. Po- I think it's. Didn't I think it. it's polarizing. I. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. It, it just. I. You know. I. I don't know. I was. I watched it like twice, and I was like, I'm still not. I'm not getting it. It's over my. It's so rich. People love it. Um. That's great. I just don't got a whole lot to say about it. <laughs> so, Maddie, you're up back to back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we All go. Right. All right. I mean, awesome. Two picks. I, I am honored that this came to me i mean obviously i had to do a little juggling because of the rules but um i'm gonna choose life choose a job choose a career choose a family choose a fucking big television choose washing machines cars compact disc players and electrical tin openers choose good health low cholesterol when fucking ewan mcgregor comes in with that and you need to do it with a Scottish accent. I know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm already embarrassing myself enough, but no, um, no, I mean, what a fucking shot across the bow, yeah. like pure adrenaline. I love how train spotting starts and how we meet these characters written, almost getting hit by a car and then sick boy, Begbie and spud just like playing soccer, you know, which is hysterical probably also out of their mind well not probably definitely um <laughs> definitely and you know iggy pops just just that that drum and bass and just that, yeah, it's a great intro yeah it's just it's pure adrenaline and you know like they had a lust for life they they augmented it um that was that was their that was their go-to and i don't know i love danny boyle i've loved him I me too. Really, I really love Paper Planes from Slumdog Millionaire. Not on the soundtrack, but uh, either way, Ooh. I wanted to take a Danny Boyle film, uh, and I love Lust for Life. Here's a little. This is the opening of Train Spotting. Yeah. It's a great pick, Matt. I mean, I read the Irvine Welsh novel, and a lot of times the book is is always better than the movie, yeah. just because you can pack more information in there. Totally. Um, but the movie perfectly it perfectly translated what was what the novel was, right? And and it was just it was such a great movie. Um, it was it was pretty heavy at times, right? Uh, Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy stuff in there, but um, such a great placement of that song. Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop is the perfect guy to be soundtracked in that movie um, for a variety of different reasons. So just a perfect pick. Love yeah, it. I mean, he's a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I love that pick too, Maddie. And I mean, he starts off the, the, the movie and ends the movie with that same speech pretty much. Right. 
Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, and everything in between is just craziness and just hecticness. And you're right, Rich. There's so many dark scenes and, you know, you know, things are walking on the ceiling. I don't want to even get into it. I mean, it's just so <laughs> creepy and sad. Um, but well, you know, in the end, um, he, he tries his best to leave that scene, right? He, he yeah. ends up leaving, but he steals the money. He, he ends up giving some to sick boy and they all hate him. And it's just like this crazy stuff. And that's his lust. Well, I think for he life. gives some to spud, right? He says, Fuck spud, spud, yeah. spud, spud, spud. Yeah, you're right. Right. And he could, in the locker. Right. Um, but that's his, that was ultimately his lust for life was to like, just get in and get out and just like be sneaky. Um, Oh, I mean that, and that song is so powerful. So, yeah, great choice, really impactful, um, and 100. percent I can't listen to that song and not think of Train Spotting. Oh, so I, it 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 nope. did its job. It did its job. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's a great way to start that movie. It's iconic. You hear that song, I can see, I can see it all, like running down the street, right in yeah. front of me, right in front of my face. 100. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's you know just like the Pulp Fiction song. Like I see it, I can visualize it. You, that song like that's the song i think that's the song to take from that movie it introduces it yeah. it opens it up like you said far it's like a shot of adrenaline it's iggy pop like that's who that's who he is he's like got that energy that friend like frantic energy that movie kind of goes in that direction so i'll just say man there's three 90s movies already off the table there's only two slots left for the 90s Forrest, you can't go 90s again so you got to go in a different direction with your next pick with the decades but the three of us, there's only two slots left for the decade we grew up in. Um, so let's see where you're going next, man, to start round two. All right. I'm going to slow things down a little bit. Um, again, honored to take this. Uh, this. This filmmaker is just so unique. And specifically in this movie, music was, was woven throughout the whole movie. Uh, by by basically one artist, um, like literally playing in the scenes, uh, not not typically breaking the fourth wall with the actor like you talked about, Stu, but mm -hmm. he's just he's he's literally scoring the movie within the movie, um, and he was a, a rising Brazilian star. Uh, he had just played the role in City of God, and he caught Wes Anderson's attention. Oh, we're in the two thousands. And uh, okay. and so Wes Anderson for The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou um, <laughs> got Sal George from, from Brazil to do a series of, of compositions, I think primarily or maybe all covers of David Bowie. And, uh, and it's just incredible. Like I said, it's just interwoven throughout the movie. There's, he, he covers Ziggy Stardust. Um, yeah, all of them, all the yeah. big ones. Yeah, so yeah. good. And he's like playing, he's playing in yeah, the movie. Yeah, like he's just yeah. sitting there, in like there. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's just like, it's, it's, and it's just such a, I love the pacing of that movie. Like you, you can just kind of put it on and, you know, I don't know, I can watch Bill Murray, like just Bill Murray and Wes Anderson, like just sign me up, whatever, whatever they're doing. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Bowie, who is, he's he's critical he he doesn't always like to play well with others um uh had sal george not recorded my songs in portuguese i would never have heard this new level of beauty which he has imbued them with um ziggy stardust was not on the soundtrack so sorry not to not to keep harping on that anyway um so i'm gonna go with uh life on mars 
Um, so good. And uh, here's a little here's a little taste. I love it, Maddie. Great pick. I mean, I was hoping, you know, someone was going to get some Bill Murray's in here because he's just so much fun to think about and to talk about and to watch and to listen to. And yeah, I just love, I love that whole movie is so ridiculous. I mean, it's just, he's, he's chasing a, I mean, what's he even doing? He, his friend dies by a shark. He gets, in, he gets eaten by a shark in the first scene. And then he's just like chasing the shark now. I mean, I think it's like, like supposed to be like comically based on Jacques. Rousseau, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the plot is a little nonsensical. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. What I like about it though, is I love movies, but it's a perfect, it's a perfect vehicle for Bill Murray. Perfect. Uh, totally. Very much. Yes, absolutely. That dry humor. And I, it's fun when movies are contained like that, you know, where you're, you're just on a boat, you know, it's like kind of like the sandbox we put ourselves in. Um, it's, it's yeah. Wes Anderson's he's a genius. But I think, I think to your, the point you made is a good one, Matt. Like it's just as much as the song itself is, is, is a great version of Bowie's songs. It's the way that it's used in the movie is just ingenious. Like he's actually in the scenes playing the song next to the, next to the scene going on. He's like narrating the scene with the song, like in the movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. In Portuguese. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. sort of, it's like surreal and, you know, ironic and hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Cool. Anything with Bill Murray works for me, man. And uh, that movie's definitely one up there for sure. So nice, man. All right. So look, we've got things from the nineties and the two thousands. We ain't got anything from the seventies, eighties, sixties, even, um, or the 2010s. It is surprising. Like we made it through the eighties with Stu with students. Uh, we, well, Stu's only had one pick. Um, so the eighties are wide open right now, but, uh, rich, what do you feel on the follow-up forest, man? What do you got? Okay, Moose. I'm going 80s. Ooh. Oh, fuck. I'm about to turn. Uh, 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 I'm about to turn it up to. Yes, I I'm it. about to turn it up. I to knew it. I knew. Oh. I knew. I knew this was on your list. I didn't even Great do the choice. research. I didn't do the research because I knew it wasn't coming back to me. I didn't even. Great choice. <laughs> I love it. Okay. This 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 is one of the funniest movies ever made. Period. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's the first of its kind. You know the mockumentary. I can't, I mean, I can't even read what I wrote without laughing. Like the rise of the, the rise of the English heavy metal band Spinal Tap. Uh, yeah. It's basically, you know, I mean, it's, it's a satire of, of like 70s rock. Fantastic. And like the, the ridiculous documentaries, like Song Remains the Same, where they're like, they're elves and stuff like that. It's, it, and it's all, Stonehenge. It's all improvised. It's all, <laughs> can I ask a practical question? <laughs> I mean, there's so many, there's so many lines in this movie that have become just part of like pop culture lexicon. Right. Um, the, it, it was kind of unnoticed when it was in the movies, but then it became a cult classic. Um, it's the original black album. Smell the glove. It is the original black uh, album. Smell the glove. I mean, we're talking Christopher guest at, at his best. Um, you know, Michael McKeon, that whole like comedy troupe. Um, can, can you hear the sustain? <laughs> Cause I'm playing big ball. Oh, I love it. I love was this the, the, the double bass, uh, double, triple bass. Triple bass. 
triple B. Triple B. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, you can incorporate the pink torpedo. Final tap. Rich Dude. dropping the <laughs> Rich dropping the hammer. Love Rich it. Coming after. Oh, I love it. Brazilian acoustic uh, saw George. I love it. <laughs> this is gonna be an. This is gonna be eclectic. This is gonna be an eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just I'll just say real quick. I love Spinal Tap. I knew I knew it was I knew you were gonna take it in your first two picks. We've talked about this movie so many times. I know how much you love it. I knew I wasn't taking it first. So I knew it wasn't coming back to me. Like that is, it's just so funny. The dry humor of it. They're just poking fun at how serious classic rock musicians take themselves. And it's tremendously. Totally. And that's the best part about it is that they're just mocking just what it was. And then the eighties, I mean, right. I mean, that movie might not have worked in the two thousands. It probably definitely wouldn't have worked, but in the eighties, early eighties, them mocking that scene, it's just tremendous. Um, I haven't watched that movie in, years but obviously it's a classic um and i, I want to watch it again as soon as possible <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it man i love it oh, all that, right uh, that was a great great choice i i i fucking love that movie <laughs> all right Stu, what's up man i'm i think i'm in the clear wait, oh, wait actually actually hold on i i wanted oh, to make up? sure i wanted to make sure i could actually publicly say this um but i i think i can um because it looks like it's public. So so I do I do a lot of work with KitchenAid. And mm-hmm. so they built the most powerful blender of all time. And you got to understand, this company is 100 years old, okay? And so, you know, typically, typically the dial goes up to 10. And uh, the, the new blender, they were trying to, not trying, they were going to be the most powerful blender on the market. The dial goes to 11. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just make 10 loud? I, <laughs> yeah. It was just, I don't know. It's just so cool. I think I love this, that line. Why should I take a line? It's just so cool to me that this company put out like a, a product that's in stores all across the country with like a discreet spinal tap joke. Anyway. Because people like us are going to go and look for a blender. And it, if you put three blenders up there and they can be all the same and four of us will look at those blenders and be like, I'm taking the one that goes. I'm to- taking goes all the time, man. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, Stu, what's up, man? I, like I said, I think I'm in the clear with my next two picks, but I don't know. You're, it could be a wild card here. What's up? So I, I'm going wild card just because again, you know, I don't know how, or why I'm picking it now. Actually, I do because I'm just afraid it's gonna get stolen by Moose. But Ooh, I might the kid, steal from, it. the kid from Connecticut is gonna steal the movie that three guys are from New Jersey and it's about New Jersey. I'm going Garden oh. State. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> shit. And we got Oh, that's a steal. That's a big time steal. I don't know. Three. Oh, that's a big you motherfucker. Uh, Oh, that's a big time steal. The the boy from the boy from Connecticut. Steal it right under your table. 
Oh, I love Garden State. Uh, one of my favorites. I just yeah, watched so it. do I, dude. I, I love Garden State. Oh, still. Uh, not, so, oh, yeah, you, you three Jersey boys can just uh, suck it. Um, <laughs> so, in the end. Yeah, because there's no movies about Connecticut. Uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Mystic Pizza. They, and none of the four of us picking Mystic Pizza. <laughs> There's a, some movies about Connecticut, but nothing oh, like Garden State. Oh, and, uh, Garden State, I, son of I'm a going bitch. Garden State. Coming. And so we all know that, you know, the story unfolds with the guy living in Los Angeles, returns home to the Garden State, New Jersey. And uh, I'm going with another artist who I wanted to pick multiple times in the last 11 episodes, and I couldn't just because it didn't work. I think I know. But oh. I'm, I'm, I'm going Simon did I cover and Garfunkel. Them? Did, I pick, did I pick the Bengals covering them? I don't Simon know. Yes, Simon I'm, maybe you That's did. A great scene. But I'm going with Only Living Boy in New York. Yeah. And, and it's it's towards the end. Um, you know, after a full day of an adventure and searching for something that nobody really knows what they're searching for, ends up being, you know, yeah. the mother's uh, pendant, mother's you know, that the yep. people stole and allegedly, you know, sold, whatever. But they end up in lovely New Newark, New Jersey on a rainy day. <laughs> and, uh, Love it, baby. And talking to some guy about, you know, life and just, you know, the owning infinite the infinite abyss and owning the, the moment. And and next thing you know, it just starts pouring and they're, and they're just having this moment. And he doesn't really know what he's doing still. But Simon and Garfolko comes on, only living boy in New York, and it's just perfect. Um, and... You know, it, it just it it moves me so much because th- I think the fact that it's raining and that song is and they're out in the outside and that song is just so emotional and just so smooth, it just gets me every time. And then you know, there's no reason of why in the story they climb up on that on that machine to scream at their you know at, you know their lungs out. There, it doesn't really work in the movie, but it works in life because they were letting letting out their emotions. And I just love that part. Um, and I just thought it was a killer scene with a killer song. And and that's my pick. I'm going, I'm going with the uh, Only Living Boy in New York. And here it is. Here's a little taste. Uh. That's a great pick, too. I mean, that movie holds, I think, a special place kind of in all our hearts for a variety of different reasons. Uh, a, you know, most of us, all, all of us grew up in that general area. A. B, we were kind of the same age as he was when that movie was taking place. We're all in kind of in our mid-20s. We were 24, 24, 25. And I, it, it, I saw a lot of par- not obviously not with the storyline, but trying to just figure your life out in your mid twenties. Like, what are you doing? And that's kind of what's going on there. And he totally just kind of that yeah. movie. He just kind of at that point in time, just sort of got clarity. And he was like, you know, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And then you know, that moment you're in the quarry. It's such an unusual scene. And yeah, it's just him releasing and the rain coming down. Simon and Garfunkel. Powerful. Great pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, um, I've been a huge fan of that movie. I never forget leaving California Coming home when I was 24, I remember watching that movie in the theater by myself in the afternoon. So I was like, I'll check it out. And I fell in love with that movie. I fell in love with the soundtrack. It opened my eyes. I think it, I think the soundtrack might have won a Grammy, might not have. But 
that movie was nominated. That movie, in my opinion, is a victim of its own success because a lot of people now look back at it. And I think some people aren't as enthralled with it as we are because Mm. it created and spawned the whole indie movie soundtrack scene. And nobody ever could duplicate, I think, how great Zach Braff nailed it in that film with that music and that particular movie. I love it. I was shocked you took it. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I um, had to. And uh, I love it, though. I'm so glad it's on this list. It's tremendous. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Matt, what do you think? Is that, does that get your approval? Oh, absolutely. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think the movie is amazing. And, it's, and it was one of those like indie films, like the little film that could. And it's just yeah. like super heartfelt. And, you know, like it was just like Zach Braff's it was just perfect. Like it was like the culmination. It was his de- directorial debut too. Like that was yeah. the first movie that Absolutely. he ever did. Um, it, it turned me onto the shins and I didn't love them super like in the moment, but they've become one of those bands that's really grown on me. And totally, I, they're one of the bands that I was shocked that didn't make it in, in the first season. Um, for me, I actually love broken bells even more than the shins, but uh, yeah. Yeah. The Shins was my through line to to Broken Bells, but um, yeah, great movie. Hundred, I I actually thought I was safe with that, and I was definitely gonna take it in the next next uh, round. No way! It oh was, my god! We all. I can all- honestly tell you, I was gonna go '90s, and then I was taking Garden State because uh, I can't go back to back decades. It was it would have been gone. It was there in my. Got to be a lot of stuff in the bowl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so look, sorry, 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 Jersey boys. Maybe next time. Look, man, hey, I made, love it. Made the playlist better. It's all good. It, it's 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 the great pick. I love it. So I'm going to pick up where you left off. And I got to be honest with you. I'm very torn because I want to take a movie from the 90s. And I, this is like, I only get one. I only get one shot at it. That's, well, a good I point. To my, I, that's it. So like I, I'm torn. So I'm going to go here. I'm going to go with the movie that I'm going to, I'm going to go back to back comedies. I, I, I love, I love comedies and I love when music meets with comedies. I understand the dramatic aspects of songs and they bring out this element and, you know, it can lift the movie. Sometimes when you're watching a comedy and the music comes on, it just makes you laugh. It just makes you smile. So I'm going to go to a movie that I fell in love with in 1993. I rewatched it this week. It still holds up. And Stu, you referenced it earlier because you couldn't take sweet emotion from Dazed and Confused. So I am going to take what I think is one of the best comedies of our generation in the 90s. I think it was just, it nailed whatever life was like in the 70s in Texas. They fucking nailed it. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, if I could snap my finger and be there for one day, holy shit, I would be there in a heartbeat. And I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to be there because it looked fantastically funny, right? The whole movie is based on the last day of school with these high schoolers and middle schoolers and all the hazing and just the drinking. Like, where are the adults? They're not even around. (laughs) You could take a liquid lunch or smoke lunch today. Smoke lunch, right? Like, the whole fucking thing is this ridiculous party. And I love the soundtrack. I love the music in it. It's like, if you were a high schooler, you would listen to all of those songs. Totally. I love it. And for me, the song I'm taking, though, is actually, it's actually, like, kind of a sad song in the movie because... It's when the party ends. End of the it's party. the end of the party, man. And when the end of the party ends, all you hear is Leonard Skinner's Tuesday's Gone.
Came here to drink some beer and kick some ass, man. <laughs> I love that. Came here to drink some beer, kick some ass. Beer's almost, almost gone. out of beer. Go ahead, Matt. I, I mean, listen, what what an iconic scene. I mean, Richard Linkletter's incredible. Uh, yeah. Like, just... And you think about who was in that movie, you know, like oh, like a young so a young Affleck and a young McConaughey. Oh, Ben Affleck, Banyan. Oh. I love it when they're he like, was good. Is, he, is it true that he really failed high school so he could be an asshole two years in a row? <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's just it's so great, dude. Oh, it's so I mean, great. Talk, talk about a, a, a movie that's just filled with great music. I mean, oh, yeah. my sweet spot, you know. And that's the cool thing about going going backwards with a you know this movie was made in the '90s and they went to a certain period of time so they were limited you know to that period of time but then that's what the beauty of it is they got to capture that moment those songs and it's like they didn't put it it, it was what those kids were listening to that was a real that could have been a real day in their lives and that blows my mind. With that. I'm going to stick to comedies. I'm going to keep it light. And I'm going to go to the 1980s. I am going to, <laughs> I'm going to go, oh, uh, I'm going to go with what I consider to be one of the funniest movies of all time. You're going- I, I'm going to go with the movie that has an actor in it. That was already taken that we already talked highly about Bill Murray. You mentioned, Murray. you mentioned <laughs> nonsensical. You mentioned the fact that, Oh, I love with Bill Murray. Well, you want to talk about nonsensical, Here's a movie in 1980 that has zero plot. Yeah. Watch, watch the movie, yeah. and it's got no fucking plot. You want to know why I know that? Because I read a book about it, and even Harold Ramis says, dude, the movie's got no plot. We were high as shit the entire time we made the Party movie. Mode. You're the funniest, we had mother, three you hours the funniest of guys on the planet. Funniest guys, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight. Like, he's like, let's just get together. It was all like SNL skits, and they created what is, I think, oh. one of the most iconic funniest movies that makes me laugh the lines are relentless it's caddyshack it is absolutely hands down a movie that i still laugh my ass off today i mean i play a lot of golf i love golf and the stereotypes that exist in that movie exist believe me on the golf course and you don't even have to love golf to enjoy i think the humor of it but the nonsensical reference of bill murray just the movie's just out there in terms of what goes on I love every second of it. My favorite, and I was debating this with my brother. My brother was like, dude, you got to take the Kenny Loggins song, I'm All Right, because that's you. Oh, I, no, oh no, no, no. No, I know where, I'm not going I know there. where you're going. You can't can't go go there. I know where you're going. Can't yeah, I go love there. Kenny Loggins, though. I, listen, listen. You're, He's done some no, good movies. He is. Wars. I know he where is. you're going. But I'm going with a scene when the caddy says to Ronnie Dage, what do you got, rocks in here? And he's like, you know, when I was your age, I, I carried bags, three flights of stairs. And he's like, so what? So what? And then he says, play the music. And he just, let's party. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh god dude and, and, next, and next thing you know ronnie you got a bunch of goofy middle-aged white people dancing on a golf course to journey while so Judge good Snails, while like, turn that racket off he's like that's a that's an invasion of my personal privacy and he's, it's an abomination <laughs> dude i love that scene to the nines because it screams snobs versus snobs so stupid bullshit that goes on on golf courses that people are so uptight about. And I loved every, I still love it. It's a funny ass scene. 
It's a funny ass song that goes with it. It's I had to put Caddyshack on here. Um, so that that's my 80s I can't, pick. I can't I can't there's so many different scenes you could choose. Like I thought you were gonna go Chevy Chase when he's singing I was born. Oh, it's not oh, on the soundtrack. God, not so on the good. soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I was born to lick your face. Yeah, it's not even on the soundtrack though. Yeah, take it. Victim of my own rules. I mean, such a good movie. Oh, yeah, so the, good. The, the movie obviously is phenomenal, and there's so many different crazy antidotes in it. They destroyed that golf course. Yeah, oh yeah. And and they and they thought they ruined, you know, they they, they consistently thought it was gonna just fall on their face nonstop. Um, and they they somehow it it was a slow burner too. I mean, it, it was not popular for a long time. Um it got popular over time. You know, it was one of those, it was, it was, classics. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a cult classic. I think that's yeah, what cult they, classic it, for it, sure. It did not, it did it, not. It might be, it literally might be the definition of a cult classic. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. they were surprised years later, like, you know, the high school college crew just picked it up and was like, yes, yeah, it's the best, you know, like, and then, you know, how many times has everyone said, you know, do you have a pool? Oh, we have a pool in a pond. You can get for the pond. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, that's, uh, that's, be better for you. that's, that's what everyone says. And, uh, I mean, that party scene is so funny. They're so happy, right? They're like uh, the happiest people. Um, yeah, shout out to Journey from San Francisco. I love it. It's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. So that's my pick. Cool. All right. Uh, Stu, you're up, man. So what do you got, dude? Okay, I'm making decisions on the fly. Um, let's see here. All right, I'm, I'm officially making a change, and I'm going to go... Okay, am I going to do this? Yes, I am. All right, so for myself, and I think most, I'm going to follow your thread of comedy and enjoyment of the 80s. Okay. And I'm going to go to probably one of my top three favorite movies of all time, of all genres. I mean, it's it's literally near and dear to my heart. Um, All-time classic. I'm going with Mr. John Hughes, one of my favorite '80s directors. There we and, go. And you know, we know we're talking. We we're talking. Weird, I, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the movie. But what you want? Are we going Weird Science? Are we going Breakfast Club? Are we going Great Outdoor? Are we going Uncle Buck? Are we going National Lampoon's Vacation? What are we doing, boys? I, I, John, I know what I want. Outdoors. I know what I want from you, but you, it's your. We're pick. going. We're going Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Nice. So, so John Hughes nails that concept of what it was like in the 80s to go to high school and when you think about what do you want to do in high school you want to skip high school you want to go out and do your own thing and here you here you have ferris having one of the best days ever skipping school you know running around in chicago like a madman going to museums fancy restaurants even goes to a cup game sings twist and shout in the parade i mean just a fantastic scene fantastic day um but the music. Let's talk about the music. It's hard not to hear this song and think of this movie slash scene because the moment yellow and oh yeah comes on, all you hear is Cameron saying <laughs> that is the 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California, less than a hundred made. And all you see is Ferris going holy shit shit yeah and and the movies the, the song's going nuts and you're just going whole like the coolest thing and for me my favorite part of it is actually the fact that ferris we're in a suit he's looking so damper yeah he's a, he's a senior in high school rocking a suit 
But let's just let's just give a little love to that moment of Ferris seeing the car for the first time. Yeah. Yes. That's, you know, that's I, the I, one. I, I think this, and I, I'll just say, like, you know, this draft to me is not about the greatness of the song per se. Like, I just took sure. Journey. I just took Journeys any way you want it. Okay. Yeah. It, it's not about how great the song is. It's really to me about the scene and if the song makes the scene better. Right. Like, that's not a song, Stu, that I'm ever putting on my car and I'm ever choosing nope. purposely to listen to that. But when I hear it, I know exactly what movie it is. I know exactly what scene it is. It fits perfectly. And to me, like, those are the types of songs that I was looking at. It's not about how great the song is, but does it fit the movie? And does it enhance the scene? Or does the song, like, is the song written about that movie? And I think that song does that perfectly. Everybody knows that's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Everybody. Yeah, Yeah. It's certainly not not a masterpiece like like Big Bottom. Uh, (laughs) It's It's definitely not that. You you can't you can't hear no, it's, that. it's it's similar. Yeah. It's it's just like Pulp Fiction. It's it's it, it's synonymous with that movie. Yes. Like that's it. For you sure. can't hear that. You can't hear that song without thinking of that scene and that movie. Yep. And Stuart, yeah. I can't honestly think of that movie without thinking of you. <laughs> uh, and I I I'm I'm thrilled you took it. I know you have a poster of oh yeah in your in your leisure rules. Well, John John Hughes was a master at 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 those moments. I don't know. I don't know what you want to call. Them. They, they weren't. Yeah, I mean comedies. Yeah, and just or like feel good comedies, but they were they were heartfelt and they were they, they were fun. Yeah, they, they're, they're heartfelt. Poignant, coming of age. He yeah, knew how to catch yeah, coming that of moment, age. Yeah. Put a song to oh. go with that moment. Like he nailed it. He knew how to do that really well. For sure, man. It's nice, dude. I love it, dude. That's all you, man. That that pick is screams you, bro. I mean, if you hadn't <laughs> taken that, I would have. Uh, that would be strange. It'd be, it'd be slightly disappointing. <laughs> I, yeah, it, we all saw that kind of coming, and that's that's rightfully so, man. Good, good. Uh, Rich, all right, Rich. That there's a '90s film still out there. If you want to take it, there's one left. All right, I am going to the '70s. Um, this next, my next draft pick. Uh, it holds uh, the distinct honor of actually outgrossing the film it was made for. Um, so, you know, just think about that for a second. Wow. The soundtrack itself made more money than the movie. Oh, um, whoa, you aren't doing this. There's no way you're doing this. I don't know what you maybe. I, I can't I imagine. That. <laughs> I think this is. No, you guys know each other pretty well, I gotta say. I, I can't, I would be shocked if Rich went here because I think it would go against what, every what year in the moral in his fiber. No, you're no. Give me the g- give, me, give us the year of the seventies. So we're talking seventy two. All right, this that's is, not it. This then. Album, okay. All right. This album is considered, you know, it, it's the album itself is considered a classic. He wrote the whole soundtrack, widely considered. Um, it, it's it's seventies soul and funk music along. With oh shit! This, this album, oh my god! This album along with Marvin Gaye, what's going on? It was one of the, you know, first concept albums with, of funk and R and B, right? And it was kind of a precursor to the socially conscious. MCs and and you know they were really talking about what was going on um, in a funk and R and B kind of format. Um, we're talking about Curtis Mayfield. Yep. We are talking about um, Superfly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually gonna go Superfly. So here we go. Yeah, that's 
I mean, again, that song that is Superfly. I mean, that I don't know what else. I don't know how See, to. You can't think, think of the movie without. Else. Yeah, of that song. And, and that's yeah. why I love that. Such a good call. Such a good movie. Um, I mean, it's not one of those where you bust out lines, but I mean, it's from 72 and we are in 2020 and we know exactly where that song fits. And, and it's just, uh, it's iconic. That's an iconic movie choice. And I'm super pumped that we have that 70s funk on the playlist. Curtis Mayfield's awesome. I'm glad he's on we know, the list. We know there you're you happy with the funks, too. Oh, yeah. Great yeah, show. I, I, you know, it's funny. Like, as I was doing my research with this, and I, I knew what movies I wanted. I knew what movies I loved. But I would go and check out other publications. And that movie and that soundtrack, Rich, is like the number one on so many publications that we all, you know, follow, read, uh, subscribe to. And I was like, damn. And then I looked through the soundtrack and I was like, holy shit. Like, I've never seen the movie, but I know of the movie. I know those songs. And I never knew it was a soundtrack. Like, it never dawned on me that all of those songs are, like, for a movie. I had no clue. Yep. And I was like, holy shit, it's like one after another. So it makes sense that it's on here. And it honestly makes sense that you're the one that takes it. <laughs> Either you or Stu are taking that for sure, man. All right, Forrest, you're up, man. You've got... You got a lot to choose from. Every decade's wide open, man. Wow. I I mean, I'll be honest. I first of all, I probably w- would have taken this pick first. I I just honestly I didn't think this would get to me. Although I don't regret train spotting. Um, but the decades made it tough. I couldn't take it second. Uh, I mean, arguably my favorite filmmakers of all time. Uh, this brother duo. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, oh my gosh! I'm, I'm shocked. Shock. Yeah, it is shocking. Uh, movie it is. It is. It's, I'm gonna say it's it's shocking that this direct these directors have fallen. It's, it's shocking that the movie fell to me. It's shocking that the director fell to me. Yeah, I, I will, can't believe uh, Rich didn't take Lebowski. Yeah, I will. I will. I don't think. I don't think Forrest is taking I Lebowski. Are you? I could have. You're not taking Lebowski. I will publicly acknowledge these are two of my. These these are my favorite. Yeah, he's not taking Lebowski. These are basically my favorite filmmakers of all of all time. But when I saw The Big Lebowski the first time, I didn't get it. I hated it. I actually Listen, fucking hated that movie. Uh, and then it was like, it took me like three or four watches, which I had time in college, apparently, in the 90s. Yeah, we all did. Yeah. Um, and I, because I would watch like a, a movie a day during college. That was my film school. And I just, then I finally got it. And, you know, that's just like your opinion, man. And yeah, man. I, yeah, finally, I finally like understood it. This is a nom, dude. There are rules. Yeah. And um, I fucking love this movie. I mean, there's so many tracks you could choose. Um, Stu, we actually talked about this, and I, 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 I don't know what kind of research you were doing, but I'm going with The Man and Me. Yes. Which yes. is worse. Yeah. Yes. Didn't you say you didn't think it was on the CD? Or- it's on the soundtrack. Trust me. No, it is. Credence, and Cre- Credence is oh, not on okay. the soundtrack. Credence. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so it's it's the opening credits, but it's also man. played when like Flea and them beat him up, and then he starts oh. like, <laughs> yes. flying over yeah. Los Angeles. Oh, I love so it. Good. I love it. I mean, there's just so many. And one last little tidbit before we play the song: 
I smoked a joint with the real Big Lebowski, the, ah! the person that um, the movie is based on at Sundance. Uh, Very you cool. Didn't pass. I did not. I did not pass. Like that, there you go. You redeemed yourself. I passed on. I passed on Be Real, but I did not pass on the dude. That's amazing. I love it. I love I'll it. tell you more in season two, but uh, until then, here's uh, The Man and Me by Bob Dylan. Love it. The Big Lebowski. So, oh, so, so good. As the bowling ball is going down oh, the bowl. So good. As, so as good. I so I couldn't I couldn't take that because I already picked okay, Bob Dylan. Okay. Oh, so, there you go. Okay. So yeah, that that was so. It's I mean Lebowski. I don't think there's a movie that I quote more than Lebowski, to be honest. Yeah. But that I mean I mean such a great soundtrack and and you know I mean it's kind of a it's classic. Well, and yeah, and Rich, movie. we yeah. yeah you Rich we in our our junior year we had a. Don going ongoing TV dedicated to Lebowski that played for like four months straight. Lebowski twenty four seven four Dude. months straight. We had that, and that's yes, we did and that's what we did. I mean, it was like if you wanted to go watch TV, you you were forced to watch Lebowski, <laughs> whatever yes. scene it was on. And and I just remember that. And then fast forward, and and you know when I would go home in the summertime, there was a Big Lebowski store in New York City, and it was <laughs> yep. just like. You know, you can go yep. get your gels, and I mean, it's just like all the all the the robes, oh, I mean, just ridiculous. And so, uh, and the, it, it, if I made a build off of the commercialization of the Lebowski, because there's yeah. so much of it, it's insane, and I love mm -hmm. every second of it. If it's good, you can commercialize the shit out of it, and I'm okay. My yeah. brother, who is a diehard Lebowski fan, um, you know, went to there's a brewery in Jersey called Cape May Brewery, and he's like, "Dude, I got you a Christmas gift." I was like, "What's that?" It is a beer from Cape May Brewery called the um the 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 uh rug the rug ties the room together oh, and it's and it's a white cream stout in oh, honor man. of the white russian and i was like dude nice. i was like this is why i love you man and then, yeah. i will send you I, I i was lebowski for halloween if, if i oh, really? if if i mean i gotta tell you the bowling alley i think was was shot in santa monica yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I lived out there, I yeah. went bowling and like drank white Russians at that bowling alley. So you do. We both did. It was right on the corner of fourth yes. and fourth and yeah. Forest. Yeah. I will tell you right now at this moment, because of that pick, you are clearly in the running for MVP. Woo! Now well, Forrest, well moved. Forrest, don't fuck it up. All right. By doing something stupid. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you happy with my next pick too. I, I get back oh, to backs, right? Uh, you get back to backs, and I. That's an I, advantage. I, it was either that or days to confused, and I'm so glad that you went there. Um, I love it, man. So, what's the next one? The build off. All right, we, we could talk about for hours. All right, guys, so, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go super old school. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go to the '80s. Oh shit! Oh wow! <laughs> like, you know, I love it when uh, you and Rich go to the '80s. I love every second of it. Makes me um, so happy. So I'm gonna turn <laughs> it up a notch, but this this is the first movie that I remember going to the theater. And I think I went like six times that summer. Um, and when the first Batman came out with Michael Keaton, I was just like, I love Keaton. Like, what are movies? 
Yeah, what is, I know where he's going, Moose. He's got, oh, he wants to win that MVP. What is the theater? Are you going like, to join me? Are you, first, first, are you going to join me with pancakes? Tell me right now. Are we, are we eating pancakes together? Let's hang tight. I'm like, and I just, my, I mean, my mind was blown. I love movies. I was just like, I, this is fucking ever. Like, I, I, I made my parents take me to that movie like six times or something like that. Um, and there's a scene in that movie that just totally cuts the ice, you know, like everything's serious. And Jack Nicholson just comes in to like vandalize um, Bruce Wayne's, I, I think it was his Bruce Wayne's. It's like an art gallery. Oh, it's like yeah. his art yeah. gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gallery. Oh, yeah, man. Um, and it was scored by the Purple Prince. Um, yes! So, oh, my God. Oh, it's uh, amazing. Again, you two got a lot. You two got you two got a lot of catching up to do right now. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. Right again, kind of like Moose said, like I wouldn't necessarily put this song on like day to day in my car. But this song, I had this. I had this soundtrack. It was probably one of the first cassettes I had. Yeah. Um, and I just fucking love this song. It was just so much fun. Uh, I'm talking about Party Man by Prince, and yep. it's. Jack Nicholson at his best, just waltzing around the art gallery. Yeah, yeah man, dude. I, I was and just uh, that whole movie, right? We got you got you got Jack Nicholson doing doing fantastic work. Tim Burton is oh. like the perfect director. Oh. He's yeah. I mean the the way his idea and then just Batman as a character just blended perfectly. Um, and then yeah, bringing in Prince was genius. It was, it was perfect. Yeah, it's, I it, I should have I should have mentioned Tim Burton because that that's important. I, I would say I think for all of us. Batman, Batman for me is my favorite superhero. I love, I love, yep. I remember People we were, were probably getting, like fourth uh, or fifth grade. I mean, and I just and I probably like, saw it together. I don't probably like, did. Yeah. And I just remember being like, this is such a badass movie. Yeah. And you're right. Like you're not like Prince has got a lot of great songs and that song's probably not one of his greatest, but it doesn't matter because that scene, it's the movie. Perfectly. It fits perfectly. The Joker, like yeah. breaking in with Prince funk, like that's what I love, man. It, it's that that's not a song I'm gonna play, but when I hear it, oh, I think of Batman. I think of that scene. It's a great song for that scene at that time. It's tremendous. I love it. I love it. Those are great back-to-back picks. Love it. Let's hear the song. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. <laughs> There's only one person that could be. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's only. I one. mean, yeah, but yeah, the that funky beat, uh, that like quick funk guitar, just that that is a classic childhood moment right there, man. Yeah, well done, well done. Yeah, it's good stuff, dude. I love it. Um, Rich, you're gonna follow up right. Prince, and you're following up. I'm going in a that's that's like that's seriously iconic. I'm going in a completely different. I'm going in a completely different direction. I'm going how the song actually fits the movie. Um, and um, and it's also somebody who I think we all love. I, I know Stuart and Forrest love this guy. I don't know about you, Moose. Okay. Um, and it's from a movie uh, by a guy that's already been picked. It's a Wes Anderson movie. Um, so many. I mean, so many great choices, uh, but I'm going to go with a song that totally added just just gravitas. I think that's the only word I can think of to like a super heavy scene in um, the movie, The Royal Tenenbaums. Um, when uh, Richie Tenenbaum, who's played by Luke Wilson, 
um, finds out that the the person he's been in love with his whole life, Gwyneth Paltrow, his it's his half it's his adopted half sister, so they're not related, but he's been in love with her his entire life, and he finds out that she is not the person that he thought she was. Uh, his dreams of their life together and all that, it, you know, they kind of crumble, and he decides that he is going to he's he decides that he's going to kill himself. Um, so uh, he in a, in a two minute scene, you watch Luke Wilson stand in front of a mirror. He's got a full beard, full head of hair, and you watch him shave his head and shave his beard. Um, and this song is playing in the background, and it just adds an element. Um, it just it's a great example of how you know when a song is placed the right way in a movie. It's a lot like the Batman, but in a different, obviously portraying a different emotion. Um, it just adds an element that you can't, um, you know, you can't convey with words. Um, so it gives me, uh, it also gives me, you know, this, it's given me the opportunity to draft this guy. I, I, I love him. He's a brilliant artist. Um, and every time I see this movie, I also can't help but draw the parallel between the movie and the musician who ultimately took his own life as well. Um, I am talking about Elliot Smith and, um, and the song is Needle in the Hay from his second album. I don't know if you remember this scene for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've actually been just this week i i've been listening to elliot smith like kind of all week like i don't know it's kind of wild uh yeah that's a really powerful moment um i i love elliot smith i mean he's he's incredible and left us too early and yeah wes wes anderson in in that moment just perfectly curated the right music for that scene and and uh and Luke Wilson, I have no idea where he is now, but man, he, I mean, he was great in that movie. And so good. <laughs> Dude, Elliot Smith is great. And I'd, I, I would have figured Goodwill Hunting, he would have made it. I didn't realize, I, I'm not a, like, I don't know the Tenenbaums that well. Um, I've seen it, but I don't know the scene very well. I had a feeling there was going to be a lot of, is it Wes Anderson? Is that yeah. who it is? And who's the other guy? PT? PT Anderson. Yeah, Anderson. Okay. They're two, they're two different guys. Yes. Okay. Okay. Those that direct those directors, I've I've never really fallen in love with their films, and I knew they were going to make it onto this list. Which means I knew I was going to be like, you know what? Like I got winter break coming around the corner, and I'm going to find myself revisiting these movies because I knew they were going to make it on here, and I want to hear and see like the movies, the songs that are picked. So I'm going to be doing some some watching of these films later this week for sure. Yeah, I mean Wes Anderson. And PT Anderson. I mean, they're fantastic. I mean, we're yeah. we're we're giving a nice tribute to some phenomenal, phenomenal directors. And uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that with my next pick. So oh, go ahead, man. Be uh, ready. Fire away. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go and take that last slot for the eighties. Ah, shit. Are you do uh, you're boost. doing it, aren't you? Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm gonna kind of piggyback. Maddie and his pick with Batman um, because I'm going to go Tim Burton as well. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we're going to 1988 Tim Burton. I know. And he also, he also had Michael, Michael Keaton in it. Oh my gosh. You're going to go Beetlejuice. Oh, you just made my way so happy. And I'm going Beetlejuice. (laughs) 
So, because here's the thing, the movie's just so much fun. Because um, I love Tim Burton and I love Michael Keaton. So, um, and it's just a lighthearted way to end the movie. And for me, so there's actually some hidden hidden messages towards the end. And you know, obviously, uh, Lydia, you know, she and uh, Winona Ryder, Winona, yeah, Winona Ryder's character, right. she's begging Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin if she could do it. And everyone's like, "What is she going to do? Like, what, what is she asking?" But um, to me, and then it goes, and you know, she's like, "You got, you know, you got a, you got a C, blah blah blah." And then it it kind of pans up, and you see her her real dad saying, "Like, oh, she must have got an A." And at the moment, you see that there's two people, two different types of just wildly different human slash ghosts coexisting. And at that moment, you're like, holy cow, these people are coexisting together and they're making it work. And that concept to me is what the whole movie brought together. Um, And it just because the whole time it was separated. There was a divided line between the living and the dead. And then at the very end of the movie, they coexisted. But I just wanted to be that moment where the movie yeah. coexists with humans and ghosts in the, in the afterlife. Sure. I, I love that concept. And again, it's one of those things where they put it on sure. and you were brought into the movie. Oh, you started dude. singing, you started dancing, and, uh, and here it is. Dude, great, great, great choice. Um, Beetlejuice was a hundred percent on my list. Uh, Cloud and I talked about it this morning, and and um, I was like, yeah, but it's just such quintessential moment. Like you hear that song and Deo, and you just you're just taken back. You just yeah, yeah, you just know it, man. Just know it. And you know, I mean, listen, it's what we're 30 years removed from it or something like that, but uh it's still it's just such quintessential great filmmaking, great acting, and great pairing of music to a moment in cinema. We just like so so Amy loves Beetlejuice. And when I was a kid, <laughs> I thought Beetlejuice was the funniest movie out there. I thought Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, he was like kind of raunchy, but like so fast with how he said things that it went over your head. It's something dirty. Oh, yeah. You couldn't pick up on what it exactly oh, was. Yeah. And it was so much fun. I loved it. And we just watched it with my family. And like my daughter loves, like my daughter loves like Home Alone, Beetlejuice. Like, and to listen to my eight-year-old daughter laugh her ass off at Beetlejuice is like the coolest thing because it reminds me of when I was eight or nine and laughing my ass off at that film and jumping the line or Deo. I, I, it doesn't matter which one you go. Yeah. The Harry Belafonte fits just for whatever reason the movie's quirky and it works so well and Harry Belafonte songs work so well with those scenes and to go jump in the line is just it's great it's great it's great so with my next pick I'm going to go to the 70s I'm going to go to 1978 and I'm going to stick with comedies I, I find a theme that I'm running with here is just movies that make me laugh and songs that just are I think so perfect for certain moments in these comedies, like Journey and Any Way You Want and Caddyshack. And I'm going to go here and I'm going to just remind myself of, I think I was in sixth grade. I was in my family room. It was a Saturday afternoon. I was home by myself. There was no one around. And this movie was on, I don't know, USA, TBS, whatever, right? I never laughed so hard as an early middle school kid 
as I watched John Belushi basically put a snowball in his mouth and say, I'm a zit, get it? And then a food fight just breaks out everywhere. And next thing you know, I'm never laughing so hard at the debauchery that is National Lampoon's Animal House, which I still think is one of the funniest movies of all time. And I am definitely going with a scene that is just iconic to me. And it is by the Isley Brothers. It's when they have their toga party. And it's when Otis Day and the <laughs> Otis Day and the Knights are playing at the at the frat house. And it's like three minutes long. So Stu, it goes back to your point when like the 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 characters are just acting to the music, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine we've all been in basement college parties, but to have a band play in the basement and everyone's in togas and everyone is just dancing to Otis Day in the nights, and they're all down dancing to this. What? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Shout by the Isley Brothers from one of my favorite comedies of all time. So you're gonna go when they go back to the restaurant and the and the same guy is there and they do Shamalama Ding Dong. Shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> I, almost, I almost went Shamalama. Otis, my man. I love that. He loves us. <laughs> I mean, I did not go Shamalama Ding Dong. One of my favorite scenes in any movie, whatever, is the guy playing the acoustic guitar on the stairwell. Oh. <laughs> I gave my love a flower and she gave my love a cherry and blue. She comes by and just starts breaking it. Gives it back, gives him just back the neck and says, sorry, destroys it. Yeah. I, I mean, the movie is a classic college movie. I mean, that's, that's what you wanted to do in college. And that's, it's so much fun. And that scene just in the basement, wearing the togas, dancing, 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 dancing. And, you can't you can't have more fun. I mean, that's that's like the definition of fun. I mean, I think that we song, did that in college, right? That's what we did. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's that's what it was. Great pick, man. Great pick. So, on my last pick, now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little contemporary. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but in 2018, they did the biopic of Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I really liked it. I actually thought they did a pretty decent job with it. I mean, oftentimes Hollywood can have a lot of liberties with when they're trying to tell stories. Um, but I thought yeah. they did a pretty pretty good job with this movie. The end of the movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, seen it, love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the end of the movie is amazing. I would do yourself a favor, man, and watch the actor. Who I believe, did he win Best Actor? He won the Freddie Oscar. Mercury? He did. So. He won the Oscar yeah. for it. You watch his performance right next to Freddie Mercury's and it's like, it's exactly the great job. It's ridiculously well done. Um, So for me, one of my favorite scenes of the movie is when they go to the, um, when they go to take radio Gaga. No, 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 no. I'm not taking, Uh, I'm not taking radio. I'm going to go classic here, but when they meet with Ray Foster and they're talking about the new album and Freddie Mercury just walks in all cocky and confident as hell. And he he starts, and he starts playing the opera and Ray Foster's like, nobody likes the opera. Like, don't make me, don't make me, what, what am I listening to? And Freddie Mercury just blows his mind with this idea of like, we're going to make a rock opera. We want to challenge our audience. We want to challenge ourselves. And the band starts buying into it and everyone buys it. And Ray Foster's like, don't make me regret that I'm going to let you do this. And I think the scene is amazing 
and then it leads to them basically. Yeah, I saw the movie. I loved it. Overall, the the scene or the the movie itself is just so much fun. And these these like band picks like the Doors and and Queen, I mean, mm-hmm. they're phenomenal. These these are historical bands that need some need some education for these younger people. And this is a perfect timing for it. And I mean, the fact that they did Live Aid and there was 50 other bands and I can't name three of them, but I can, <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone knows that Queen played it and dominated. Yeah. Um, by the way, the manager is Mike Myers, which is a phenomenal character. Oh, yeah. yeah. The fact that, that that's Mike Myers is so crazy. That's a, that movie is doing for Queen what Bohemian Rhapsody did in Wayne's World for us. You know what I mean? Like that, it just kind of... Good point. Produced, yeah. It just introduced Queen to a different generation. They have this uncanny ability to stay relevant. Um, Stu, we got Stu Rich, and then Forrest we got three picks left, man. Stu, what's All up? Right. We got our last picks. Uh, I'm gonna go back to what initially would have been my first pick, uh, but I wanted to be strategic and take those other ones. Uh, this one is the iconic film on my list that I gotta take. And we're going to visit a director by the name of Francis Ford Coppola. Ooh, oh, we're going to go on his, t- we're going on his interpretation of the inside mission of one U S captain to assassinate another U S captain. I'm talking apocalypse now. Nice. And oh, right. when I, when, when I tell you about the greatest soundtrack in a movie, we're talking all the heavy hitters. All of them. I mean, it is jam-packed with just classic rock one after another. And, I mean, and when I talk about an iconic opener of a movie where a song in the beginning of a film gives you, sets the tone, gives you a feeling, sets the mood, all that. I'm talking about The Doors. I'm talking about the song The End. Yeah. And, and it, it is the perfect match to the palm trees in the video, very beginning of the video in the film with the explosions going on, helicopters kind of slowly flowing around. And then all you see is, all you hear is the doors, this, you know, the, you know, well, the other- he, he comes in, he goes, this is the end. And it's just so moody. And you're like, holy shit, what's happening? And you got to be that moody because we're talking about the Vietnam War. The coolest thing about the whole thing is that, yeah, it goes back to Martin Sheen's breakdown and he just wants to get back to the war and the song stops. And he just now is like contemplating like, oh, I'm still in, uh, uh, you know, I'm still here I'm in, and I'm, I want to get back to the jungle and ends up just getting drunk and smashing a mirror and all this stuff. And the song comes back on and you're like, holy shit. He not only plays the song for the opener, has a scene and the song is still there. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so intense and it just sets the mood of how the movie's gonna go. Um, and that's that's gonna be my pick. I'm going Apocalypse Now, I'm going the doors, and uh I just I don't think it gets better than the seriousness of that moment. So that's my pick. It's perfect, it's a perfect song for I mean, you just added a, a about a quarter of the time to the uh, podcast with that song. It's like 13 minutes long. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. I mean 
It's 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 a great song. I know you love the Doors too, and they haven't been drafted yet. Have not no. been drafted. Amazing. Amazing. And I love the I love the movie Apocalypse Now. I mean, when it comes to war movies, I mean, you know, it's a Vietnam War. I mean, you know, there's been so many lately. Uh, you know, now yeah, time's totally. gone, gone on. But Francis Ford Coppola he needs to be in the list. I mean, he did the Godfather's. Um, the guy's a genius and shit. And I mean, like you said, he had he had this. So he in that movie, right? He just as iconic as the Doors opening up is Wagner when when the, they're blasting classical music through the helicopter. Oh, it's and, crazy. Right? And like, I mean, there's so many different st- Usually like with a movie, you'll have, generally the vibe will be the same and there'll be similar styles of music throughout. Whereas he's doing classical music, then going with the doors and like all over the place, you know? So um, just, it's a brilliant movie. Uh, it's, it's heavy, uh, but I love it. Heavy, heavy, heavy. And I, I had to take it. I had to take uh, it. Well, this is the part that starts in the movie, right? You know, I, when I was in movie. high school, yeah, yeah. When I when I was in high school and college as a history teacher, I I was I, I I couldn't get enough for whatever reason. I was always infatuated with the Vietnam War. I was infatuated with um, the protest movements, the the reasons for going over there. Like, I, it's just something that has always been very interesting to me, and Agreed. something that I've I've studied a lot about. And I watched everything from Deer Hunter to Full Metal Jacket to Apocalypse Now. I, I've seen all those movies. I. I Stu, I didn't think you would go there. That's why I never even thought about it. Um, it's just like as soon as you hear Jim Morrison, this is the like you're just like, oh yeah, man. Like you're that's where you're the in movie it. begins. You're in it. And those movies, all of those Vietnam movies are like, I mean, you got to sit down and be ready for two and a half hours of just like holy shit. Like they're intense. I mean, the intensity of those films um really weigh on you. I thought a lot of those directors like Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola doing those films, Stanley Kubrick, I thought yeah, all did a, a really powerful job of taking a very weighty subject and making you see all these different elements about how insane Vietnam was. I mean, Full Metal Jacket is oh half God. of that movie's the the just the training, right? Of how ridiculous that is. And it's that sniper. Then Apocalypse Now, like going and finding that guy. Like, can't argue, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Look, Rich and Forrest, you guys got to wrap. You're wrapping it up, man. Rich. I'm going to, I haven't been able to draft this guy, so I'm going to take it. I love, nice. it. I love it. Um, okay. So this is 2000. Um, so this, this director, uh, they had worked together a, a couple of other times where he was an actor. And when he directed this movie, um, he asked this guy to do the whole soundtrack and he has, he's been drafted a couple times in the band, in his band, uh, I think he's a favorite for all of us. I am going. Uh, I am going. Sean Penn's directorial debut, *In the Wild*. I am going. Better, really? The soundtrack. He did the entire soundtrack, and I'm going to go into the wild. Yep, into the wild. Society, uh, Eddie better. So good. Uh, society's fantastic. That was exactly what I was going to choose, Rich. So. <laughs> Love you, buddy. I think the phrase. Oh, oh. <laughs> We have agreed with 
So, you know, unlike unlike some other movies where you have the song and the director kind of has the song and and kind of figures out where to put it, Sean, Eddie Vedder saw the movie and wrote the songs for the movie and they just fit perfectly. He didn't write Society, but... In sections, too. It, I mean, it's perfect. It's just perfect. It fits perfectly. Sean Penn would only send him, would send him like dailies or, or like weeklies of just like 15-minute scenes and then say, and then they built it as they went along. I mean, such a cool process. Great, great, great pick. I wasn't going to go there. I mean, I, we all love Eddie. And, you know, we've talked about Pearl Jam. We talked about Eddie's collabs and all that stuff. I mean, I saw that tour. So talk about an intimate, yeah. intimate. Awesome. Is that the tour? That, that tour I saw too. Did they, they made you give your phones in. He didn't want any phones. Like Correct. Correct. Yeah. It was so good. And uh, he came out and, you know, played all the songs on the movie and, Man, it was so powerful. And the movie's so powerful too. Uh great great pick, Rich. I I had been I've been screaming. Listen, Moose, as the commission, I will say these rules the and the decades, that's that's been a it's been a moving puzzle piece. And um what I, I like about it. Matt, Matt, I'm gonna say that this is retribution for trashing <laughs> Steve Or is it for taking bright eyes and, twice? Or <laughs> it's all of the above, Matt. It's all of the above. But it's so funny because I just find I was like, okay, 2000s are available 100%. This is my next pick. Anyway, so hey, you just made the playlist better. I mean, come on, that, there, that, there, that okay, like the movie's good. The movie's good, but the soundtrack the is good. phenomenal. Yeah, and to get a full Vetter acoustic album, not on a ukulele, like it's it's a, incredible. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's it, it's a great call. I had already yeah. taken Vetter when I did duets, so I I was not about to take um, Into the Wild. Um, but I, to me, it's I, I love it. I, I love everything about that album. I love the feel of everything that he plays. It fits the movie perfectly. All of the songs, even all the little like acoustic kind of medleys that he does, it, it just fits it to a T um, and society is the best song on there in yep. the lyrics definitely just fit. Like it goes to what I was saying earlier, like certain songs that, well, I never got a chance to pick, but that were written directly for the movie where the lyrics speak to the heart of the movie. That is a quintessential moment there. All right, Forrest, you're up, ready to close it out, Bring, man. This is it, Bring huh? us home. Oh man. Okay. So seventies are available. Two thousands. Two thousand ten. Basically, eighties and nineties are gone. Eighties and nineties are gone. Which, I mean, look, we the four of us could have spent all of our picks in the eighties and nineties. There's a reason sure. why I did what I did is to just once again just spread it out a little bit. Yep. Well, I'm tempted to. Uh, I was given an exception in in text message form before Moose put in these crazy rule or uh draconian rule wow um draconian whoa oh. to take to take jesse's girl from big uh from boogie nights mm. but we've already talked about pt anderson so i'm gonna i'm gonna let that go oh good um I'm glad oh, wow so kind i know <laughs> so kind you're gonna let that go i was i was ready to take i, I was all was teed up. i was all teed up to take uh eddie better anyway so it's a little on the fly um, but I think this is going to be a nice way to close it out. Um, I almost took this song in the duets. Um, and it was like, any, anyway, okay. So I'm going with a song called, or uh, the movie called Once. 
Oh, awesome. It's a good one. Um, Great. And I'm specifically, it's uh, Glenn Hansard. So yes. again, kind of, kind of like Stuart was talking about, like, I mean, this, I, I mean, talk, talk about the fourth. Well, I mean, this, the, the movie is about a musician that's, that's playing on the streets of, uh, I believe Ireland. Uh, yeah. He's in Dublin. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful song. Uh, I'm going with falling slowly. Uh, it was nominated for a Grammy and, um, great song that I don't know. You can't, you can't go wrong. So I'm going to play that. Oh, it's a great song. uh, This is, this will also super, super tight boys with Eddie Vedder. So it's a good follow-up. Anyway, I uh, was, was I was going to drop the hammer with closer, which is the opening credits of seven from David. Cause David Fincher has to belong in here, but anyway, he didn't make the cut. Anyway, we're going with acoustic. We're going with Glenn Hansard and uh, Marqueda Arglova falling slowly. (laughs) That is not Nine Inch Nails. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to Nine, Nine Inch Nails, Nails some other day. So I love that movie. I, I've seen it a couple of times. Um, I thought it was so good. It's so, so, I mean, he's so good, right? I mean, as an individual artist, and he's put out some great records since that movie. Sure. And uh, uh, I mean, that scene of, uh, I think that's when they're like in the music shop and they're like, they're kind of like creating the song together. Well, it's uh, just very, it's very real because it's, yeah, I think it's, semi-autobiographical you know it's yeah 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 um just a great pick i'm glad it's on the list i mean i was definitely looking at that movie multiple times um so yeah uh, we went from didn't think about that movie but it's it's a great call we went from the end to society to falling slowly (laughs) (laughs) i I said look man i i would say that that right there pretty much wraps it up you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're looking at closing it there with falling slowly. I'm going to throw it out to you guys first with closing remarks. I will then give my shout outs and where I, where I think an MVP may or may not lie. Uh, let me go, Stu. I'll go with you first, man. What are you, what are you thinking, bro? I mean, come on, Pulp Fiction, Garden State. I mean, I took your home movie, your, your home state movie, Ferris Bueller, classic Beetlejuice. Come on. Every, all of our wives love that movie. Um, and then apocalypse now, I mean, come on, you're a history guy. Come on, Moose. All right. But let's, 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 let's go into it. I mean, this topic was fantastic. Um, you know, I'm so happy that we got big Lebowski. I, I almost forgot that, that no one picked it. I mean, that's clearly one of our favorite movies of all time, but yeah. And I also, you know, kind of running the Instagram, I want to give a quick shout out to just some people that we've uh, kind of interacted with. And, and it's been a super fun little thing with, you know, of course, our wives, Amy, Jess and Cloud and, and Michaela, and then super shout out to, to Mingus and Father John. We got Jeremiah, we got Brother Pete, we got Bobby Dad, we got all the boys hanging out with us. So we really appreciate uh, all the love and, and, uh, you know, hopefully we keep it going. Cool, man. Rich, how about you, bud? So just want to say one thing for people who have just started listening to this. Um, 
If you just listen to this episode, the reason the single soundtrack has not been yeah. picked is <laughs> because it's already been covered in the Seattle episode. But hey, good call, good best, call. Same, same hey man, ever. same with Purple Rain. That's all right. Like that's already been, been established. It's, like it's, it's one in one A. It probably number one, but I will let Moose pick Prince first. Um, but <laughs> that's the reason. But you know, it, I, this was so much fun because. I think we had, all of us were picking so many soundtracks. We had so much in reserve that it was just really like, it was more fun than anything. Oh, that's been picked. Oh, I got the, I can't have the eighties. Okay. Moving on. And I mean, you know, it brings you back to, you know, a lot of these movies just bring you back to your childhood and they have like a special place in your heart. You know what I mean? And totally. so, um, you know, it was just, it was, I had a lot of fun doing this. Bars, what's up, man? Oh, uh, th- this, this was great. I mean, first of all, this entire experience has been great. Uh, but you know, I, I, I'm not sure if it was on the CD, but I gotta give a shout out to the Pixies at the end of Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Um, Stuart, great job swooping, swooping the Garden State from three Jersey boys. Yes. Uh, Rich, you, you swooped uh, Eddie Vedder right out from under me from the last pick. And Moose, I like how you brought the comedy. You know, nice, nice. I was that was a, that was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Like I, to me, I, I don't know. I just think there's just so many great moments in comedies where the songs match and that's where I was going with it. I, I was trying to keep it light with it and, and going there. Like if I, dude, I have like 20 pages of notes of songs and so many of them were dramas that I just left out. You know, I, at the end of the day, like, that's okay, man. Like I feel yeah. like the playlists that we create are as eclectic as hell and they should be that way. So look, I, I'm just going to look, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of Stu's MVP Stu, you don't get it because you stole Garden State from me. So oh, fuck that. I figured. I figured. Yep. That's yeah, right. No way. <laughs> Rich, Rich, you still don't like Phil Collins. So yeah. And Forrest, you are my MVP. You went Wowski and Prince back to back. My man. My man. Protest this. My man. That was an amazing back to back. That right there would just like gave me a jolt. I was like, shit. And because I thought you were going to go Brother Where Art Thou, and you went Lebowski, yes. And then to go to Prince, I was like, my man, MVP all day. Um, this was... It does. This it was, actually does feel good. I got it. It, does, it feels pretty good. Especially because especially he was complaining about the rules. He was. Like, I know. I know. And I it am, definitely feels bad to lose. And then so, I specifically yeah, I did not break the rules at the end. I almost but he did the rules. It. Prince was it was over when the word Prince. Came uh, out. Wait, as soon as he took Prince, I was like, "Oh yeah, man, we're gonna be eating pancakes with Dave Chappelle, Charlie Murphy, and Prince. It's gonna be amazing. You guys will be sitting on the sidelines watching." By the way, <laughs> hey, look, man, hey, so look, that wraps up episode twelve, season one. This is finally in the books. Um, I, I would just like to say that um, this has been just a ton of fun for me. Uh, I think we can all agree that twenty twenty has been. At the very least, um, an interesting year. Um, and I, however we want to look at it, I will say though, in in times of trouble, the, to quote Chris Cornell, um, oftentimes there can be moments of just just beauty and moments of joy. And I will argue that this podcast has been exactly that for us. Um, I, I I'm thrilled that we even have people and our family and our friends have listened. They've given us love. They've they've made comments on the Instagram. They'll text us. And it's just been great, man. And it's really organically came about. And I just couldn't be happier that we're doing it. Um, so for all of you out there in Iceland and in America listening to us, um, hey man, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing season two at some point. 
Look for maybe some surprise episode drops. And also, too, we do plan on drafting our top songs of 2020, uh, which I think will be a ton of fun. I think it would be great for the four of us to discuss and debate what our favorite songs were of this year as a way to kind of culminate and wrap up this year. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun, man. So with that being said, uh, I think we turned it up to 11 today, boys. Let's call it a day, man. I'll Good see work. you. Take care, everyone. Here's 2020. Thank you.